I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Train Happy podcast. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. And today, I am chatting to fellow fitness professional, Kim Stacey, who has the business Body Image Fitness. And I just love what she is doing in the fitness space, creating online content and training people in person in a really weight-inclusive way. And we really get into what that is like for her working in an industry that predominantly does not do that and what it means to kind of stand out, go against the grain and create the space in the fitness industry that she wanted. Kim's actually really new to fitness. She's only been doing this for a couple of years. So it's incredible to see someone get so fired up about the need for an anti-diet inclusive fitness space and, and fitness trainers and just kind of go and do it. So It was really cool to chat to Kim and I think you will get a lot from this, especially if you're a fellow fitness professional. I feel like this is a really great one for you, but in general, I think everyone will really enjoy hearing from Kim. But before we get into that, it is time for Train Happy Trooper of the Week. This week's Train Happy Moment comes from listener Holly and Holly sent us a voice note. Hi Tally, Holly here. So my train happy moment has a bit of a background story. I thought I'd developed a really healthy relationship with exercise where I truly enjoyed it and worked out because it made me feel good. And going back to university, I had a bit more free time and I'd gotten into a pretty consistent habit of exercising most mornings. But then I was diagnosed with amenorrhea due to the loss of my period, despite being a really healthy BMI on paper. My consultant suggested cutting down on the high intensity sessions and putting on a little weight. After years of struggling, I felt like I was finally at a place where I felt comfortable in the shape I was at. So it was really difficult to hear that this healthy actually wasn't very healthy at all. Listening to the Train Happy podcast has been an important regular reminder that my priority really is my health, not the way I look. So I did cut down on the exercise and I gave myself permission to rest. And every time the dark thoughts creeped in telling me I was losing progress and getting bigger, I reminded myself this is what my body needs and what it deserves. Five months on and I've gone up a dress size. I can't run as fast and I'm a little less toned, but I have my period back and I'm finding a love for slower, less stress inducing exercise. And this weekend I went on a shopping spree to buy clothes that fit my new body shape because clothes should fit me and not the other way around. I love this so much, Holly. I relate to your experience and know that so often we're pursuing fitness and doing all the right things and to the outside world everything seems super healthy you're working out regularly perhaps you're eating really healthily and yet sometimes that can be out of sync with what our body needs especially if we're stressed already adding high intensity exercise in on top of that as additional stress can really affect 
our body can affect our period. I don't know all the causes behind your experience, but I know that often with people, you know, when we're adding so much extra stress to the body, not adding adequate fuel, that it kind of all gets out of balance and we lose our period. So I'm so glad you're in a position where you have been able to, thanks to some expert guidance, take a step back and really realize that actually taking a step back isn't taking a step back. It's actually taking a step forward to an even healthier place for yourself, for your body, for your mind. And I think it's really cool that you have been able to go through this process and the weight gain process um, remembering, like you say, that the clothes are meant to fit you, not the other way around, and that actually it's okay to gain weight, to go up a size, to do what you need to do so that your body is all back in sync again. And I'm so pleased to hear that it is. If you're listening and you resonate with Holly's story, perhaps you haven't been having your period, I would really recommend getting in touch with your GP and just getting that checked out because it's really important that we take those kinds of things seriously. And of course, if you have a train happy moment you would like to share, then of course we want to hear from you. Send us a voice note like Holly, or you can send us a message via our WhatsApp. You can send it to 075-999-27537. And if you're an international listener, just pop a plus four four in front of that. Okay, enough from me. Let's hear from this week's wonderful guest, Kim Stacey. Kim, welcome to the Train Happy podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I'm really excited to chat to you about your own fitness journey, about how you created Body Image Fitness. But for those who don't know you, I'd love you to introduce yourself and let people know what it is that you do. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on. Honestly, I've been so excited to chat with you. And um, yeah, so my name's Kim Stacey. I'm a fitness professional that has the audacity to not diet and I um, run a business as you mentioned called Body Image Fitness. Um, it is quite a young business it's a, it just turned two and yeah I, I have dieted all my sort of since since early teens my body's gone up and down the, the whole the whole time which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about a little bit more but um, I'm very much non-diet sort of this very similar ethos to to, to what you promote as well. Obviously, I'm aware of body image fitness and everything you've done. But as with, I think, everyone I end up speaking to, there's always a personal journey that kind of transforms how you operate professionally. Um, How long have you worked in fitness? And what was it that got you into the fitness industry in the first place? So I'm quite a newbie to fitness. I have always loved fitness. I've always loved movement and the way it's made me feel I've got um ADHD and the it kind of gives me that like fix that that endorphin that dopamine um because I struggle to sit still a lot of the time I'm always fiddling with something and when I'm moving it's just I just feel at home I know that sounds so cheesy but as I mentioned, my weight's gone up and down um, since, uh, well, since, I mean, obviously, naturally, since since being a, a, a young teenager. But I, when I was at school and I, I did, you know, like A-level PE and I was like, I want to, I want to do something in fitness. I wanted to um, 
do something in, in dance. I wanted to be like a dance instructor or something. Um, but <clears throat> I just felt that my body was not good enough. I thought, who am I to teach fitness if I can't control my weight myself? Um, and of course, I, it, I was wrong in, in thinking that and, and feeling that way. And so I went off and I, um, you know, I started a, a business, a separate business in, um, in fashion. I did, I got a degree in fashion design and technology and I went and did that. And I, my business then was kind of like touching on body positive, but the clothes only went up to a size 14. So I don't know what, it was still very much in diet culture, but I still was just like women, like empowerment, empowering people. And all of the clothes had like a story to them. But anyway, quite similar to a lot of people. And um, I was listening to your podcast with um, with Bella about how, what happened with lockdown. And so lockdown hit and I was at that point um, very, very heavily like disordered eating and obsessed with exercise, like addicted pr- pretty much to exercise. I was, you know, sort of um, exercising intensely, five to six days a week, um, you know, hitting my step count and you know, all the things that you're quote unquote supposed to do. Uh, obviously lockdown forced us to quit, um, to, to stop. And um, there was at my local gym, a, a transformation challenge that they, um, they were promoting. And I was like, oh, I'm going to give this a go. I've, I've got a good shot at this. And um, at the same time, I was, first of all, training in, in sort of doing body image coaching. And I'd started sort of looking into, uh, I, I was becoming aware of this other way of living, this, this you know, health at every size. And I was kind of thought like it's a bit of a conspiracy theory, like surely not, surely, you know. And the uh, anyway, they took part in the transformation challenge and um, – didn't win it but the prize to win it was a photo shoot and so the people that took part in this photo shoot were advised to drink a bottle or two at least of wine the night before not um, you know eat loads of sweets not have anything to drink until after the photo shoot so of course because as a result you know they've lost all this weight so that means that their skin's going to be quite thin you'll be able to see the veins and it'll be all it'll be like nice and tight and and I, and I just was like that how how is this this is supposed to be healthy this is supposed to be health and I'd really 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 like I'm a very all or nothing person it's just diet culture's kind of worst victim and yeah, so so that kind of opened my eyes to it, and then I I started kind of looking into all of it a little bit more, and then because I'd done so much work on myself um, with the body image coaching, I kind of built up my own confidence along with learning all about the health at every size, and I just thought, you know what, I am good enough to do this. I love fitness. I just I just love it, and so why not combine the two, body image fitness, and so. It was my, my my second baby was born. I always call my business like my second baby because it is because I've got a son as well. So <laughs> yeah, I love that. I find it really interesting hearing people, especially who have been so entrenched in diet culture and so in that cycle, 
then talk about that transition into learning about health at every size and kind of interested but then kind of stuck still like wanting to do another diet and that sort of messy middle part which I think a lot of people feel quite feel judgment about I think I think there are a lot of people who feel like okay so I recognize that dieting like I don't want to diet I don't want to do this but I also would like to lose weight and like how do I balance that and so I'm just really intrigued that when you're doing like body image coaching and then taking part in a body transformation kind of competition where as it completely sounds that this was never about your improving people's health. This was purely about aesthetics because if we were wanting to help people feel healthy, we wouldn't advise them to drink copious amounts of alcohol and dehydrate themselves and all of that stuff. So that was never about health. How did it feel perhaps in that transition of going like, I don't know, I'm I'm intrigued by this. This is, there's something to this and also I want to do this body transformation. Like, how did you navigate that? There was so much conflicting advice because, you know, you look into it and, and you know, there's, there's always a study to back something up, isn't there? Especially if there's a, you know, they try, people are trying to promote, you know, certain things and, you know, and it, it was kind of like a lifelong messaging and you're just thinking no what it it's got to be it's it's that's got to be true it's got to be right when when the photo shoot was happening and when that advice was being given and it was kind of like the for the look of health and that's when it was kind of like hit me and I was like well this can't be a conspiracy theory this can't be you know this has got to be there's got to be something to it and then the more learning that I that I did the more angrier it made me which turned my I I turned that anger into passion and into what I do now Mm. but it also Mm. opened me up to that level of compassion towards myself but then also to other people and then accepting that all bodies are are good they're okay you know that our bodies are not the problem which is like has become the tagline of my business your body's not the problem and like you say, there is an anger that I think that comes with this. And there's also a grief because once you do kind of get to this point, it's like, oh, hang on a second. Like, wait, everything that I thought was just taken for granted should now be questioned and challenged. And, you know, we've all been going along with this. And yet I know my experience and I know other people's experience and I can see what the literature says and it completely contradicts diet culture's constant message that you are in complete control of your body that it's just as simple as eating less and moving more and that the only reason you haven't figured it out is because of your levels of willpower and discipline how freeing confusing angering is it to find that out i know it's you know what it you I feel like it's a process that you have to go through and it's kind of like a a breakup and you you feel kind of all of the emotions when you you've been with a long-term partner and you break up and you 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 think about the memories and you almost kind of like put them on a pedestal and then you kind of think oh when when you're feeling lonely should I go back 
should I text them at like you know and it's similar with like I I found with my experience with with diet culture you kind of think should I go back to that relationship and then you think well no it was toxic that didn't do any that didn't do me any good mentally physically emotionally you know and uh, I, I have spent a lot of time being angry but then also now I'm so excited for the future I'm so excited because I I, I was still I'm still so young and how amazing is my life going to be now moving forward that I'm not going to be held back and I'm doing as a as a career what I'm supposed to be doing I'm I'm moving and helping people move for a job and it's kind of it's it's amazing and so as much as yeah you should look back sometimes and and learn but if if I hadn't have been through all of that, then I wouldn't be doing here, here and feeling so strongly as, as I do. And I feel like, you know, lots, lots of things happen for a reason. And I think that, you know, it, it's, it's exciting to look forward as well. I love that perspective because, yeah, I think I similarly feel like, okay, so I, you know, a lot of people and I work with people who, are a fair bit older than me and they're still figuring it out and you say like when you do get to a point where you're like okay there is a grief of like all this time wasted and also there is like and yet there is still time to come and what can we do and how can we change and how can we disrupt and I feel that your business body image fitness is really like disrupting that um I'm always looking for uh, explicitly anti-diet you know, weight inclusive fitness businesses, trainers to recommend to people because I know that when pe- when I send clients to people like yourself that they're in safe hands because I know that you get it. And I know that as diet culture continues to get more sneaky and continues to be more subtle because it's not about the diet, it's a lifestyle. Um, but also here are some before and after photos. I know that that we need people like you kind of explicitly with that message in this industry doing things differently. What has been the reception to body image fitness? What has been the pushback? I would just love to hear your experience of going, you know what, I am going to work in fitness. I'm going to, like, this was a career change for you, right? Like, I am going to change my career and I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to do something completely different to 95% of the rest of the fitness industry. What has that experience been like? Oh my goodness, what has been a roller coaster? I think that anybody that has a business knows what an emotional roller coaster it is, just aside from, you know, rejecting diet culture and you know since since I've 100% you know rejected it my body has grown and it continues to grow and I don't know where at the moment I'm still learning where my when my body's going to settle at that point so as my body's grown and as I've continued to show up I have got, um, I mean, even even this morning I woke up, the trolls had found a reel that I did and they, it's the algorithm. I think once a few trolls get get on there, it just shows it to, to more people. And um, sometimes I, 
I make a bit of a joke about it and I just kind of feel like, well, all of these things that you're saying, they all say that it's always the same thing. You're promoting quote unquote obesity and it's always the same it's the same argument and it just never makes any sense. It's sometimes on days I feel like, well, you're actually proving my point, you know, by, by literally saying what you're saying, you're proving everything that I'm saying. So thank you. But then of course, on days when, you know, I always say body image is not a linear thing. I struggle mm-hmm. with body image. Everybody in the world is, you know, will struggle with body image and, some days you, you'll you'll feel okay sometimes you'll feel you're better than okay and neutral and that's okay it's learning what to do on those days when you're not feeling so okay learning how to you know find that compassion and how to find that that, that self-compassion and kindness towards yourself but it's on those days when when the, the trolls kind of like hit you when when you're kind of not feeling okay um so being on social media is um it is a roller coaster for that side of things, but you know, the you mentioned about industry disruptor. So I have with my business, um, I actually called it um, the disruptor scheme, where I collaborate with other non diet fitness professionals. I'm very selective about who I work with because it's literally what you what you say. You want your clients to be in safe hands. It's hard to find. It is hard to find. Um, and I'm sure you, like myself, do a lot of vetting before you want to work with someone, collaborate with someone and, and trust them with, with people who you know could be vulnerable to body image struggles, struggles with their relationship with food and exercise. So it's, yeah, really important. Yeah, and it's so exciting when you meet somebody new that's in this space. And it's like, how did I not know about you? Because I feel like almost this space is still quite small. People generally know of at least, you know, people that are working, professionals that are working in this in this space. But um, I have had Becky um, Scott from Misfits. Are, um, she, she, she's been on your podcast. And I've got an intuitive eating counsellor as well on there that's, um you know and we've got life draw like virtual life drawing and but um recently I, an NHS manager got in touch with me um who had found out about me through this disruptor scheme and they're working on um a body positive movement campaign um and they've commissioned me to help them to address weight stigma um in you know for primary care workers um, and the impact that it has on engagement with exercise is such an amazing thing. So we're just, um, we're, you know, we just started the the first part of that um, that project. I'll be helping them in creating like a, a toolkit so that they can engage positively and compassionately with people in larger bodies and try and just try and make the experience better for somebody in a larger body to come to a you know, to, to a primary care worker, to the GP, and not make it just so painful when they just put everything on, on weight. And then there's going to be, and that's phase one, and then phase two is going to be looking at educating um, sport and leisure sectors to provide, um, you know, exercise away from intentional weight loss, you know, to, to, to focus on the benefits. So, you know, it's, just very very early days with that and this is like the first time I've spoken about it you know, 
properly publicly even when I've posted it on my Instagram I've been so anxious because I'm I'm kind of like what you know the trolls what people are going to say but this is such an amazing thing to to be a part of and it's going to really really help and change and disrupt just you know disrupt and I think that that's what needs to happen it needs to it really really does need to happen there's going to be a lot of pushback but equally it's going to be a lot of a lot of people helped that's so exciting that you are getting that opportunity and that people in the NHS are really receptive to hearing a different take on helping people get into movement without focusing it on purely weight loss because we know that especially within the NHS recommendations so much of it is like okay okay we'll just go to Slim World lose weight and do this and lose weight and being someone who could potentially influence a change in language and improving and well decreasing what the experience of weight stigma for people is awesome that's so exciting and I think like you say it's probably not going to come without its challenges at points but I also think what an amazing opportunity um to disrupt and I love the word disrupt because I think that this is what you know I want my work to do what I want other people in this space to do is to kind of disrupt and say hang on a second we've been doing this thing for decades now and by your measures the problem that you have supposedly identified has got worse so your methods don't work so how about instead of let's say that the problem isn't people's bodies but the problem is how we treat those people in those bodies and then actually how do we help people engage in movement and health promoting behaviors in a neutral way rather than a sh- from a place of shame that is incredible and could be you know really life changing for people which is so exciting i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Yeah, as fitness professionals, our our job is to help people move more. You know that to mm-hmm. me, that's what fitness is. Like, it's not about it, it. It's not weight loss. It's not. It, it's to help people move more and feel good about moving. I think. Yeah, that's the that's the key part, and I think that's what a lot of what is missing at the moment is that. Okay, well, yeah, we get people moving more, but we, do we actually get people feeling good about the way they move? Do we get people feeling like they can create something that's sustainable for them? Are we just telling them to do the thing that's most effective for, 
changing their aesthetic and weight in the short term rather than saying, what do you enjoy? What do you like? What makes you feel good? What mental health benefits have you experienced? How is this? How have you noticed an improvement in your physical and mental well-being? Those aren't the questions we're asking. We're going like, have you noticed that, that you know, you've lost inches around your waist? And, you know, what does a number on a scale say? And what do you look like in photographs as a way to track progress and encourage people to move? That doesn't work because it it makes people get stuck in this shame cycle and this cycle of like, I should be doing this. Oh, I'm going to have to work out because I should, because I like food. Therefore, if I like food, I need to work out to kind of counteract that and counterbalance everything. And actually like, fuck that. That's what I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, yeah. how can we get people to move because it's a really important self-care tool for them? You know, how do we do that? And I think that is what is going to build movement into people's life for the long term, not this obsession with aesthetics and weight. So people who sign up to Body Image Fitness and work with you, like what has the feedback been from your clients? Have they, I suppose, I'm sure a lot of people are so relieved to have found something that is there to empower them and make them feel good rather than make them feel ashamed of their body the really good thing about um the business now is that we've got such a a selection of different types of movement but also different um different bodies and you know we've had people Mm. say that you know you look like me and that makes a difference it's so important to see people that look like you and it, it just kind of reinforces that that idea that you know your body's not wrong if this person's moving and is an actual fitness instructor and they look like me then you know I can be fit too I think as well um it's that having that lived experience so you know that um you know with my one-to-one clients when they come to me it's like they they know that when they talk that I I'm gonna get it because you know I'm the same size as them so I can help them move in ways that, you know, if you if you've got a, a belly, how about trying this movement instead? Um, and and also the other thing as well with the fact that we've got different types of movements. A lot of the time when people have kind of, you know, been dieting um, for all these years and then they step away from the diet mentality and and they then start rediscovering movement and they actually try to find out what is it they actually like is it a bit of yoga is it a bit of like burlesque is it a bit of pilates and strength like what is it what do I like Um, and what type of instructor do I like and um, it just gives them a chance to try a lot of different things without any pressure you know the the memberships online so people can have their cameras off if they want they can you know do a little bit sit down you know and do a bit more there's sessions that are like 15 minutes long if you know if if people or even you know some of the recordings are, are five minutes yeah it's just really adaptable and really inclusive and just kind of like just take away of the this pressure and the shame and I've had people that have been with me from the start and um, when they first started, they, they didn't put their cameras on, they didn't even speak. And now they're like dancing in their kitchens and their sports rides and we're like having such a good time. And it's just really, 
really, really special to be a part of. I have to say, working with people, because when I'm doing intuitive movement coaching with people, I'm really working on that relationship with movement. And then we're kind of looking for things for them to do, explore different types of movement that they may like. One of the biggest barriers for people is being in person with other people, being in a class environment, being in front of mirrors, um, in that sort of self-objectification, self-comparison state is just really can feel like a barrier to movement, which is totally understandable. So what I always recommend people is like find stuff online that you can do virtually and just have a go with trying stuff there because you're right, the beauty is if you don't want anyone to see you, you can have your camera off the whole time. You don't have to have any mirrors around. You can move in whatever clothes you feel most comfortable in. You can, you know, just wear whatever feels good for you. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to have all the fancy equipment. You can take breaks whenever you want. And honestly, you, sh- you can, you, I want to empower people to feel like they can take breaks whenever they want in public or at home. But when you're at home, like you say, you can adapt it to you, especially if you're learning how to adapt things to yourself. You can do it in a way that builds up your confidence, builds up that knowledge of, of how your body works and what your body needs. So then when you do may t- perhaps take it into the public, you have the tools and you have the confidence to kind of do that because you're like, I practice this at home. I know how to do this in my living room. Okay, so how would it feel to do this in a studio at my local gym? You know, and I think that is so powerful and why online fitness and, you know, virtual sessions that you're creating are so important because we need to have that. Um, for some people, that'll be what they end up doing and they don't ever want to go in public and that is totally fine. But for a lot of people, it's a really important stepping stone to them having the confidence to go and do other things as well. Um, so that is really cool that you do that. And like you say, People should be able to sit down whenever they like. They should be able to do chair workouts. They should be able to do that and not feel any awkwardness about it. Do you get that as feedback from your clients that people are like, okay, this has really allowed me to to build my confidence at home where I feel comfortable? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of them um, will then go and join a membership, um, you know, in the gym. I also do small group training in Newcastle as well. So I've um sort of hire a rent a little um a little like studio gym we have a a group of maximum of six people and they all they're all very aware of my approach and I I kind of get them to you know fill out a questionnaire beforehand and um agree to the you know to the sort of language and stuff that that's not allowed um you know to to reiterate this is a safe space for everybody and that's you know becoming really really popular um but yeah to, to answer your question with the online people yeah there, there's there's quite a few you know clients that have said they they used to love swimming um and now they've just recently started you know being able to to do that um you know to feel the confidence to just wear a, a swimming costume or a bikini whatever they feel feel they want to wear and you know, go in, go swimming with their kids, taking away from that all or nothing or, oh, well, that's not going to count or, you know, just you get, you'll probably be, have had the same way you get sort of clients saying to you, oh, I've done nothing, done nothing. And then you actually ask them, you know, what they've done and, you know, they've like decorated their whole house or they've done loads of housework. Yes. Oh my goodness, all the time. Yeah. And they've been on holiday and they've done all this walking and it's like, 
but you've just told me you've done nothing. Like, what What do you think? You know, it's just because it's not in a gym and it's... Do you find that dynamic really interesting when people... Because I often, I always ask clients, without judgment, I just say, like, have you done anything between our last session and now? And that will be coaching clients or personal training clients. And the amount of times, like, oh, I haven't done anything. Like, oh, I wish I had, you know. And... I always want to reassure them, like, I'm not asking, like, I don't care if you've done something or you haven't done something. It just helps me understand where we're at today and, you know, where your energy's at, you know, what would be more beneficial for you in this session. Like, the question isn't there to go, you're a naughty person because you haven't done anything and, like, slap on the wrist for not doing it because, you know, I'm your authority and you're reporting to me. I ask these questions because I'm curious and I want to know, you know, where you're where you're at mentally and physically for this session and I think that is because the fitness industry has historically put trainers like yourself and like myself as these authority figures who know your body better than you do and are the ones to tell you when to work out and how to work out and how to eat and how to do all of this Whereas when, like us, you're trying to empower people to connect with their own body, listen to their own body and make decisions for themselves that come from intrinsic reason, you know, from an an intrinsic place, we're not there to catch people out. That is never the objective. And the objective is not to, you know, go like, oh, you're, you know, you should have done at least X, Y, Z between now and your last session. Um, Like you say, the truth is going, all movement counts. You, let's recognize the different priorities in your life. Let's say that, okay, you've had to do a ton of cleaning and laundry and gardening or whatever, that that's movement. And, you know, remember that. And also if you didn't do literally anything, then don't feel shame about that and don't judge yourself about that. Sometimes it is what it is. Life, life happens life happens and if we're in this for the long term and we're trying to create a sustainable positive relationship with movement you know let's not berate ourselves and beat ourselves up ever um do you find yourself in that reassurance mode of like you know I'm not trying to catch you out oh my goodness yeah and it's kind of like reiterating that it is no moral value to any of this. We're just trying to figure it out. You know, what I say a lot in my classes is it's your body, your rules. You know your body better than me, you know, and and you adjust to how you're feeling in this moment. And, you know, I do find it difficult, especially in one-to-ones, finding that balance of trying to help people. You know, sometimes people do want to be pushed, but then also listen to your body. So I always, it's you know, it's even in the small group training sessions, it's like, you know, we're all, everybody's getting to know each other. It's becoming quite a community and we're there being like, come on, you can lift, you can lift that. And then, but then I'm like, but but just only if, if you want to and don't feel, you know, and it's kind of like, I'm still trying to like find that middle ground because, Mm-hmm. you know it is it is difficult um you know because it's it's similar you know obviously with intuitive movement it's intu- like intuitive eating sometimes 
if you're not hungry, it's good to feed you, you know, to fuel yourself. If you're not, if you, you're not going to get a chance to later, and it, it's kind of like a similar thing with with movement. It's kind of like I'm going to do this because it's going to help me feel better later potentially, and I don't feel like it now, but it's going to help, you know. And it, it, it is, yeah, it's trying to find that, and it it's so interesting this narrative of personal trainers, fitness professionals being put on pedestals, and it is because it's so normal for for them to kind of dictate what you should and shouldn't do with your body and there's so much trust and that that goes that you know that's put into them and and if you think you know for a qualification uh, what the nutrition side of the the qualification is is and and then people sort of fitness professionals go and advise on all these different meal plans and and they they've got very very limited nutritional knowledge and and sometimes aren't even aware of the person's you know history with food and then they'll start sort of saying all this stuff about what they should eat and calories in and all the all this stuff so yeah it's it's trying to again it's trying to disrupt and trying to change that narrative and trying to make it kind of more like I'm not morally better than you because I like to move. We're all the same people. We breathe the same air. It's nobody's better than anybody. I concur massively. (laughs) And like you said, we put all this trust in professionals because we don't trust ourselves. Diet culture's main goal is to erode the self-trust that you have with your body because then it will teach you and tell you to outsource all that trust to people you have to pay because you have to, you know, you have to get the plan. You have to have a nutrition plan. You don't know how to eat. You don't know how to move. You have to, you know. And like you say, there is such a fine balance between wanting to push yourself, wanting to hold back. When do we know? And a lot of times I say with clients, you are your own study. And every time you engage with movement and you do less than you maybe want to, or you do more than maybe you want to, you gather data in that situation. And each time, in the future, you become more and more informed and more and more connected with your body because you tr- it was a kind of trial and error situation. You try, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and we figure it out. But that is down to an individual rather than the trainer, you know, in the sense of that is the person's connection with their body rather than I told you to do 10 press-ups, you're doing 10 press-ups. And like, how do we find a balance between that? And so, you know, if in that example, if I'm with a client, I'll say, okay, so I'd love between eight and 12, see where you're at. If you want to do less, do less. If you want to do more, do more. We'll go with you, you know, empower you to do that. And you're right, sometimes we need that gentle nudge. We need that gentle push because we'll feel better for it in the long term. And sometimes we need to pull it back. We're not always in the the mood to completely push ourselves. What makes a sustainable long-term relationship with movement is is not always going 110%. It's actually going, sometimes your sessions are going to be a 20% effort. Sometimes they're going to be a 50, a 70, a 90, a 100, a 40. But because you're able to know that you can work with your body, how it, you know, and how it feels on any given day, like it's cumulatively all moving in the right direction, you know? Exactly, exactly. 
it's um and it's such an empowering place to be once you once you realize that it's an empowering place to be for the fitness professional as well as the absolutely you know, the client as well yeah so kim as a fitness professional really wanting to help people just feel more seen and represented and encouraged to listen to their bodies what are your tips for those who want to get into movement who are feeling like oh I'm identifying with this person who's kind of fed up of diets fed up of diet culture I feel a bit stuck I want to move I don't know what to do what are your tips I mean, I think it's all about experimenting and, you know, checking in with with yourself while you're doing that, um, really trying out different types of classes, um, experimenting and, and getting to know what you actually really, really enjoy. Because, you know, we, what we said before is it, it was all we, we're all wanting to get people to move, but we, we're wanting it to be sustainable. And the only way it's going to be sustainable is if it's going to be something that you enjoy and I think that you know the language that we use around movement much as it it's similar you know you know as you've you know, sort of written in your book as well it's similar to intuitive eating it's it, it's that language um and sometimes the word exercise and the word fitness is is scary because it, it carries so many different it, it just carries a lot for, for a lot of people and I, I think taking away those rules and taking away the shoulds and you know if you enjoy dancing around your kitchen and then then dance around your kitchen and then maybe if you think oh actually I really like doing that maybe you know go to a Zumba class find professionals that are going to get you as well that are going to really understand um and that aren't going to push you you know I think it's it's just being gentle and finding that compassion and doing it and being patient um, as well with yourself. Patience is such a key ingredient because like we said, this is a trial and error process. This is like we're figuring it out and you, you're right. You don't have to find the thing you love after the first thing you try. If you try something and you don't like it, and you're like, oh, this is so not for me. Don't get disheartened. There are so many other things out there to try and there are so many other ways to move your body and all in good time. Be kind to yourself. Be patient. I love that. Okay, so Kim, I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, what has been your most recent train happy moment? Well, so I I think because with being a fitness professional and, and being in, in business I'm so active all the time and quite I've realized recently that um I don't haven't been doing much movement for myself you know it's been while I'm teaching a class and um and on my downtime I am usually pretty pretty knackered um these days and so I gave myself an afternoon off and I went to uh, I went I went to the swimming pool and I I just thought to myself I'm not I don't think I'm even going to go for a swim I'm going to sit in the jacuzzi and anyway I sat in the jacuzzi and then I went into the steam room and then I went into the swimming pool and I thought right I'm going to do one length just just because it's nice to cool myself down a bit and then I did another and then I ended up I don't even know how many lengths I did but I just swam and I, it was for me and it just made me so happy and you know back in the day I wouldn't have done that because it wouldn't have quote unquote count 
it would you know I would have very all or nothing so so kind of like a nice gentle swim um yeah and and it was it was nice because my son was at school and it meant that I could just do it for me and uh, I need to do that more I need to do more things for me like when it comes to movement um but then also equally listen to my body so trying to still trying to find that that happy balance but yeah that was definitely made me very happy I love the example of right I'm just gonna do one length and see how I feel and when I was I call that unconditional permission to rest you knew that like I'm just gonna go and I can stop at any point and oh okay maybe I'll do a second one because that was actually really nice and then maybe I'll do a third and then who knows how many I've done at this point but I can stop whenever I want to stop and I can trust my body and I can listen to my body to stop like that is a beautiful example of unconditional permission to rest in action in a pool but you can use that for so many things I love that okay Kim where can people find you find body image fitness support your work and help you on this disruptor mission so I'm quite active on Instagram. So my um, Instagram handle is kim.bodyimage.fitness um, and my business handle is body underscore image underscore fitness. And um, you've got a lot of information on my website, which is um, bodyimagefitness.co.uk. And yeah, it, it's... Um, come and say come and say hi with the with the membership if people do want to give it a go there's a three-day free trial and um and i'm obviously on facebook as well um so yeah just just come come and say hi if anyone's got any questions at all about you know what i do and what 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 we do um you know with all the instructors then you know just just get in touch it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you today i'm so excited about what you're doing i will continue to send people your way because it's really really important that we have instructors like you fitness businesses like you so keep doing your thinking oh thank you so much but that is it for this week's episode of the train happy podcast thank you so much for listening i hope you took something away from this episode and if you did please do let us know on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. And we do want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to hear your train happy moments. And we'd love to feature you as train happy trooper of the week. So remember, you can get in touch with us via our WhatsApp. It is 07599927537. And whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on, please rate and review it really helps the show and it really helps spread the train a happy message and that is it for this week i'll be back with a brand new episode for you next monday see you then planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.